It's a Toy Show. That's the name of the annual local outdoor toy show in New Jersey that up until the pandemic ran for 13 consecutive years. A toy shop called It's a Toy Store, which recently changed its name to Farpoint Toys, hosted It's a Toy Show each May. Tables were free, and the owner, Frank, would bring in the best dealers and toy aficionados from around the southern New Jersey region. I attended It's a Toy Show for the first time in 2015. My mother was taking care of my grandmother at the time, and she really needed a break and a day out. I was going to the show that morning by myself, and she offered to join me. It turned out to be one of the best days that I can remember. The entire town came together for the event, and within the span of a four-block radius, there were so many things to do over the course of that afternoon. In addition to the toy show, a full parade of costumed and cosplaying characters took to the streets. Sellers had been invited to set up in the lot next to the toy show for a flea market. A band played in the adjacent park, which hosted a craft fair. Restaurants opened their outdoor seating to attendees with special lunch and dinner menus. The town offered free train rides and helped to make the event a special one. Thousands of people came out to celebrate. Over the years, I've been fortunate to find some incredible Star Wars collectibles at It's a Toy Show. During my second show, a dealer I had met the prior year had a small cardboard refrigerator box full of carded droids figures. He told me they came from a local find and were from a sealed case. And I would assume that there were a few sealed cases in that find, just from the sheer amount of figures for sale. But the quality was evident. All of the figures were unpunched, and the colors on the cardbacks were as sharp and as vibrant as the day they rolled off the factory line. The bubbles had yellowed, which was the norm for the figures in these later Star Wars lines. But they were fresh, with no dents on them at all. These were some of the most beautiful, case-fresh Star Wars carded figures I had ever seen. My friend was asking $100 for each droid's carded figure. I bought six of them that day and was thrilled with my purchase. Why didn't I buy more at the time? Frankly, droid's figures weren't that popular. So while $100 was a very good price for one in that condition, a number of the more common figures could still be found for under that price. Plus, I had spent a total of $600 on that purchase alone, which at the time was a lot of money for me to spend in one day. I'm sure the cases had been picked clean of the expensive and rarer droids figures by the collectors who found them. And so these were likely the less popular leftovers. George Dusat, Thal Jobin, and Jan Tosh were the ones my friend had for sale that day. And I was fortunate to pick up a few more, including a Kia Mole and a Kezi Ban, from the same find at a later date. But I certainly regret not handing my friend three or four thousand dollars and picking up every droids figure he had in May of 2016. Now, a few years later, prices have skyrocketed for droids and Ewoks figures, the last two Star Wars related figure lines produced by Kenner in 1985. Since the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, the values of these figures have risen higher and higher, and the momentum does not appear to be slowing down anytime soon. And as the figures continue to appreciate in value, the accessories that came with them are the hottest commodities 
After all, it was much easier to lose a tiny blaster as a child than to misplace a figure. A staff or cloak could easily disappear, making it harder for collectors to complete figures, to pair them with their original accessories decades later. And as the prices have risen during the quarantine, and as collectors have been snatching up every available accessory on eBay and in the online and Facebook collecting groups, the accessories have become that much more valuable. In the past, most collectors have tended to ignore the droids and Ewoks lines, simply because they're based on the cartoons of the 1980s and are not a part of the Star Wars film trilogy. But both lines have experienced a surge of interest recently, as collectors seek out these rare figures to finish their loose figure sets. It's crazy to think that today, a particular droid's blaster by itself sells for almost three times what I paid for a fully carded figure, complete with a figure, a coin, and the same blaster, in 2016. I see that refrigerator box filled with those droids' carded figures in my dreams sometimes. I bet we all do now. This is a look at the current prices for all of the 16 accessories for the droids and Ewoks figure lines from 1985. This is a snapshot of where the Star Wars collector market is today, and how droids and Ewoks figures have surged in popularity. This is, as C-3PO would say, Madness. This is the current state of our hobby. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. last episode, we looked at the shocking and skyrocketing prices for Power of the Force accessories from Kenner's 1985 action figure release. However, two other series were released around the Star Wars properties that year as well. Lucasfilm premiered two animated shows that were produced by the film company Nelvana. The first was titled Droids. The show centered around the adventures of R2-D2 and C-3PO before they met Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi on Tatooine. And the second was called Ewoks and told the tales of Wicket W. Warwick and his furry friends. Kenner produced 12 figures for the droids line and 6 figures for the Ewoks line. Ten of the droids figures were made specifically for the line and consisted of C-3PO, Jan Tosh, George Dusat, Kia Mole, Kazi Ban, R2-D2, the villainous Size Fromm and his son Tig Fromm, Thal Jobin, and Uncle Gundy. The two previously introduced figures that were part of the droids line were 1980's Boba Fett and the Power of the Force A-Wing pilot. 
C-3PO is the only figure of the Twelve that did not come with at least one accessory. Counting the eleven that did, we get eleven unique accessories for the figures in the droids line. There were only six figures released for the Ewok show, and only five unique accessories for that line. The figures were Wicket W. Warwick, Logray, King Gornish, Lady Erga Gornish, Duloc Scout, and the Duloc Shaman. For this episode, I'm only counting accessories that are easily removable for the figure. The pieces I will not be including are primarily for the Ewoks, and are ones that are generally found intact with the loose figures. They consist of King Gornish's headdress, King Gornish's shoulder armor, and the Duloc Shaman's necklace. So those three items are not part of the list. Instead, our list consists of 11 droids' accessories and 5 Ewoks' accessories for a total of 16 items. And I think you'll be shocked at many of the current prices for them. We'll start with the one selling in the cheapest price range at number 16, and we'll work our way down to the most expensive accessory at number 1. And stay tuned to the end, because I'll give you the total cost of completing all the figures from the Droids and Ewoks lines with their accessories. Let's count down the 16 accessories from the Droids and Ewoks series. Number 16, Jord Dusat's Rifle from Droids. I really expected Jord Dusat's rifle to be more valuable than it is, but I forgot that it is a much more common weapon in the Kenner line. The rifle was first produced for the bounty hunter Zuckus, who was released during the run of Empire Strikes Back figures in 1982. Three years later, Kenner reissued the rifle, but this time with Jord Dusat a blonde mohawk speeder racer in droids. The weapon is certainly plentiful in the collecting world, and collectors can pick one up in the $20 to $30 range. Of course, for those unaware that it is the same rifle as the one released with Zuckus, they may pay a premium if it is listed solely as George's accessory. Number 15, Tig Fromm's Silver Staff from Droids. Tig Fromm's staff is another accessory that should be more valuable than it actually is. The reason? Like George Rifle, this weapon came with another figure from the Empire Strikes Back toy line. The staff is the same one used by the medical droid 21B. Kenner found a smart way to repurpose the staff for this droid's villain. And while there wasn't much you could do with it, it complemented Tig very well and blended in with his overall design. The silver staff resembles an umbrella, but without the canopy. It narrows toward the bottom and has a bulb-like shape at its top. Under the bulb is a thicker cylinder that has square-shaped imprints on it. While it was designed for 21B to hold the bulb end of this medical device to work on Luke's robotic hand at the end of Empire, 
The designers at Kenner simply turned it upside down, having Tig hold the narrower end like a staff. And because of its design, it truly resembles something powerful and menacing, something a villain would wield. There are two known variations of the staff. One has an EPM, or ejector pin mark, which is a circular mark on the side of the staff caused by a long pin that pushes the final molded product out of the mold. A friend kindly corrected me after I had the definition wrong in the previous episode. So the main difference is that one has this EPM and the other variant does not. The variant with the EPM also has a notable dent in the bulb on the top of the staff. Today, the Tig Fromm 21B staff sells in the range of $20 to $30, and could sell for a higher price if it is listed specifically as belonging to Tig Fromm, who has become one of the more expensive figures from the animated series. Number 14. Boba Fett's Blaster from Droids For the Kenner line, the Boba Fett figures originated from two main factories, one in Hong Kong and one in Taiwan. The easiest way to differentiate the two variants is in the color of their belts. The Hong Kong Fett had a light brown belt and the Taiwan Fett had a darker brown one. Both versions have been found on Droids cardbacks. The Hong Kong Droids Fett was packaged with a few different variations of the dark blue Imperial Blaster. The Imperial Blaster also came with figures like the Death Squad Commander, Hammerhead, Walrusman, and the Imperial Stormtroopers, and it was one of the earliest accessories produced for the 3 quarter inch figure line. As it is one of the more common Star Wars figure accessories, the price range for a Hong Kong Boba Fett blaster would be in the $20 to $35 range. However, the Taiwan variant has a specific blaster that has recently become a white-hot commodity among Boba Fett collectors. Listed as the V5 or Version 5 blaster by the authentication website The Imperial Gunnery, this particular blaster is more of a dark gray-black color and has sharper details than its counterparts. Over the past few weeks, demand for this V5 blaster has risen to the degree that it pushed the price from $20 to the range of $70 to $100. And over the past few days, the blaster has been selling on some Facebook groups for as high as $150. I did not put this variant toward the more expensive end of the list because it was simply too early to tell if the demand for the Taiwan V5 blaster would quickly burn out, or if it was the new norm. And at the same time, it is also a variant, and I've tried to highlight accessories that came as standard releases on this list. But this is certainly something to monitor. Often, when one item or figure suddenly becomes very desirable, its value rises pretty quickly. And in a market like the current one, in which collectors are clamoring to find the next hot piece, a figure or accessory could double in price overnight. Number 13, Kia Mole's Gray Blaster from Droids. 
If there is a trend running through these cheaper accessories so far, it's that the ones packed with the droids figures were previously released in earlier Kenner lines. And Kia Mole's Grey Blaster is no exception. Although it was first released with the Hoth Rebel Soldier, the Bespin Blaster earned its nickname from the sheer amount of Bespin figures with whom it was packaged over the course of the Empire Strikes Back toy run. Han Solo in Bespin outfit, Lando Calrissian, Lobot, and the two Bespin security guards all sported the smaller blue weapon, which looked and felt like a personalized blaster. The blaster made an appearance in the Return of the Jedi line as well. Packaged with Squidhead, one of Jabba's denizens, the blaster was produced in a gray plastic. And in the droids line, Kia Mole sports this same gray Bespin blaster as Squidhead. If the Grey Blaster was exclusive to Kia Mole, it would be safe to assume that its value would be much higher. But it is still faring well in the current market. Prices for both Kia and Squidhead have risen over the past few months, and the Grey Bespin Blaster sells in the range of $25 to Number 12. Duloc Scouts Club from Ewoks The Duloc Scout Club is the first accessory on our list that is exclusive to either of these 1985 toy lines. In this case, it is for one of the antagonists to the Ewoks. Dulocs are unkempt barbarians who live in the swamp areas of the forest moon of Endor. They are taller and lankier than Ewoks and are covered in a greenish fur. The Duloc Scout figure was representative of most of the Dulocs, similar to a Stormtrooper figure with which a child or collector could build an army of creatures. The Duloc Scout came with an orange-brown club notched inward around the handle to allow the figure to hold it tightly. It was sculpted to look like it was carved from part of a tree, with the gnarled, knobby points of wood around the upper portion serving as spikes. This club was exclusive to the Scout, and was never released with any other figure in either line, including some of the other Dulocs. The Duloc Scout Club currently sells for around $60. Number 11. Duloc Shaman Staff from Ewoks in the Ewoks line, the Duloc Shaman is similar to the Scout figure. However, there are a few marked differences. The Shaman was produced in a lighter green plastic, wears a tribal necklace that hangs over its slender frame, and has a yellow circle of paint around its right eye. The staff was cast in brown, and is long and slender, curving into an elongated S-shape. A fang skull mounts its top. It appears to have what looks like a femur bone tied to it. Jutting out from under the skull, the bone looks like half of the Greek Omega symbol, leaning against the staff. The sculptor did a fantastic job of instilling personality into the staff, and the construction of it tells a lot about the species wielding it. This brown accessory only came with the Duloc Shaman, and the current price range for it is between $55 and $65. Fun fact, the shaman's name is Umwak. Number 12. 
Number 10, King Gornish's Gray Staff from Ewoks. Rounding out the Ewoks villain staffs is the largest accessory in the Kenner Ewoks line. It is the thin gray staff belonging to the leader of the Duloc tribe, King Gornish. In the animated series, King Gornish's staff was pretty simplistic in its design. It appeared to be a long piece of wood or bone, with some red rope woven around it at the bottom, and the thicker top had a few dark brown spikes scattered around it. However, in the transition from a two-dimensional drawing to a three-dimensional sculpt, the Kenner designers embedded details that contained elements of the Duloc's environment. However, like all of the weapons in the Ewoks line, the staff is unpainted, and upon closer inspection, we are left to guess at the sculptor's intentions. The staff is clearly carved from bone, as it has the two-pronged bulbs jutting out from the bottom. The bone appears to have split, and the lower fifth of it is fastened by a tightly wound vine. Toward the top of the staff, the hardened, thin bone seems to turn into soft-serve ice cream, doubling over and wrapping itself around the base of the staff like a snake's tail. Perched on the very top is what appears to be a turtle shell, with markings carved into it. Around the shell-like item is a repeating pattern of small and large tooth-like spikes, all pointing in the same direction. As a whole, it blends in perfectly with the crafted-from-nature aesthetic of the Ewoks' accessories. It's certainly a little confusing to figure out what those elements are when you try to break it down, though. King Gornish's staff sells in the $60 to $65 range. Because of its size and prominence within the line, expect this one to begin to reach prices in the $70 to $80 range over the next few months, if the demand for Ewoks' accessories continues to climb. Number 9. Keziban's Satchel from Droids Who is Keziban? We've seen the purple alien as a toy for decades, but many of us have probably never watched the cartoon, and have very little understanding of where these characters fit in the droid story. Keziban is not even his real name. He was born as Mon Jolpa, rightful heir to the throne of the planet Tamuzan. He was stripped of his memory by a nefarious vizier, and was dressed up to look like an android, and was sold as a mining droid to Uncle Gundy and his nephew Jan Tosh. Meanwhile, a fellow Tamuzan sought out Manjolpa to restore him back to the throne. So that's the story of Keziban. The cheaper of the two accessories that came with the figure is his blue satchel. A satchel is a bag carried on the shoulder by a long strap, and is typically closed by a flap. Kez's satchel was formed from a deeper blue plastic, which contrasts nicely against the purple and yellowish-orange colors of the figure. The bag itself is a very small one that tucks against his right hip, and the strap for the bag is tied and knotted in the front, giving it the appearance that it was something that was crafted by Kez. Keziban's satchel is hard to find by itself, but those that come up for sale tend to sell in the $60 to $80 range. Number 8. Jan Tosh's Black Rifle from Droids 
While some of the accessories on the earlier part of this list consisted of weapons from the previous Star Wars film lines that were reused for the droids line, Jan Tosh's Black Rifle falls into a new and interesting category. Jan Tosh's rifle was based on the same mold as IG-88's Empire Strikes Back rifle. But where IG-88's was produced in a blue plastic, Jan Tosh's accessory is a solid black. So while Jan Tosh's weapon is based on a common one, it is the only black rifle of its kind in the Star Wars action figure universe. Given that fact, this black rifle tends to be one of the most undervalued ones in the droid's line. Its current market value tends to fall in the $60 to $80 range, but I believe it will approach $100 over the next year. Number 7. Uncle Gundy's Black Rifle from Droids the story behind Uncle Gundy's black rifle is similar to Jan Tosh's rifle, in that it came from a previously created Kenner mold. Gundy's rifle is a black, two-pronged weapon whose barrel is reminiscent of a miniature skiff staff. The weapon was produced in a gold plastic and came with a three-eyed creature Rees from the Return of the Jedi figure line. Uncle Gundy's version is the only version molded in black plastic and commands a premium. It's very hard to find this one for sale by itself, especially as the prices of droids' figures heat up. Like Jan Tosh's rifle, Uncle Gundy's accessory has been selling in the $60 to $80 range. However, a few small items that have sold recently have hit the $100 mark, which may be closer to the new normal for this item. Number 6. Logre's Staff from Ewoks Logre, the Ewok Shaman, has become one of the more desirable animated figures over the past year. Maybe it's due to the fact that he was a character in Return of the Jedi, or that he was one of the two actual Ewoks produced for the 1985 Ewoks line, as the rest of the Ewoks that were planned to be released only made it to the prototype stage before the line was cancelled. And as the animated Logre figure has risen in value, so has the accessory with which he was packaged. Logre's staff is a beautiful sculpt and complements the figure perfectly. The staff is a light brown and stands at about twice the height of the figure. On top of what appears to be a stiff stick or branch is what looks to be a bone carved in the shape of a horseshoe symbol, a U with the tips pinched in. In the center of the U is a ring and it is tied to each prong for support. Two feathers hang from the U-shaped bone. Like all of the Ewoks' accessories, the staff is unpainted. Currently it sells for $70 to $90, but with Logre's rising value, I think it will become a $100 item shortly. Number 5. Wicked Spear from Ewoks As we finish with the accessories from the Ewoks animated figure line, it should come as no surprise that Wicked W. Warwick's spear is the most expensive. 
Wicked is not only the main character of the cartoon, but has become a beloved and collectible icon over the past 36 years. Like Logray's staff, Wicked's spear is unique to the cartoon figure and has never been released in any prior form. The spear is a light beige color. It is unpainted and it is thicker than the spears that came with the live-action Ewoks from Return of the Jedi. It has a stone arrowhead at its top, with two feathers tied to the side of it. Vines wrap around the bottom of the staff as if to keep a splitting piece of wood together. Because of its relation to Wicket and the fact that it has been on the rarer side when it comes to accessories, this spear has always been expensive. But Wicket's spear has reached a new level recently. Basically, if you don't own one now, it's going to cost you if you want to complete the figure. The spear has been selling in the $180 to $200 range and is getting harder and harder to find. If the popularity of the droids and Ewoks figures continues on this current trajectory, I predict it will be a $250 accessory within a year or two. Number 4. A-Wing Pilot's Black Endor Blaster from Droids If you listened to the previous episode in which I ranked the values of the Power of the Force accessories, the price of this accessory may not come as a surprise to you. And if you're a collector of loose vintage Star Wars figures, you were probably acutely aware of how expensive these Black Endor Blasters have become. The A-Wing pilot was introduced as one of the last 17 Power of the Force figures produced by Kenner. Like Boba Fett, Kenner reused the figure for the droid's animated line, but did not change the figure or the accessory. And while the figure was released in two separate lines in that same year, finding a carded droid's A-Wing pilot has been an enormous challenge. And if the A-Wing pilot is rightfully considered a rare figure, his blaster is even rarer. The Endor Blaster first came with the Leia in Combat Poncho, the B-Wing Pilot, and the ATST Driver action figures. But it was molded in a blue or blue-gray plastic. The Black Endor Blaster was only released with the two Power of the Force figures, the Imperial Gunner and the A-Wing Pilot, and was packaged again with the A-Wing Pilot on the droid's cardback. However, the blaster's tiny size made losing it very easy for children. These black Endor blasters are some of the most expensive accessories in the Star Wars universe, coming in at number 3 on the Power of the Force accessory list and number 4 on this one. The price for a black Endor blaster has been in the $175 to $200 range, but a very few recent sales have reached $250. It's very likely that the new range is somewhere between 200 and 250 for this one that has been proven to be authentic, and it will be very interesting to see the value of this accessory in four to five years. Number three. The Black Imperial Blaster for Thal Jobin and Kezi Ban from Droids While the Imperial Blaster has been a ubiquitous accessory, appearing in the Kenner line for figures from all three films, it is best known for being the Stormtrooper Blaster. 
As I mentioned in the previous episode, the Stormtrooper blasters produced by Kenner came in many colors. Blue, dark blue, a grayish black, dark green, a translucent dark green, a blue green, and a blue black were some of the main color combinations. But only three figures came with the true black Imperial blaster. They are Luke Stormtrooper from The Power of the Force, and the Mohawk speeder racer Thal Jobin, and the purple creature Keziban from Droids. It can be hard to tell from most photos, and even in person, if an Imperial Blaster is the one that came with those three figures. Some of the dark gray-black ones appear to be black, until you hold them up to the light. With the true black blaster, the weapon is solid black, and there are no translucent edges like you'd find on any of the other Imperial Blasters. For a while, the cheapest and easiest way to obtain a black Stormtrooper blaster was by purchasing either of the droid's figures. Any connection to the Luke Stormtrooper increased the price almost immediately, but many collectors were not aware that Thal Jobin and Keziban came with the same blaster as Luke. In my Power of the Force accessory episode, I recalled finding this out in 2012 and buying as many Thal Jobin carded figures as I could, because the price of one was around $35. And although I could never bring myself to open one, I'm happy I own them, as their prices have skyrocketed as well. Regardless of the figure it came with, the blaster alone currently sells in the $250 to $300 range. Something to consider. It will always be cheaper to buy one of the droids' figures with the blaster than it is to complete a loose Luke Stormtrooper. For anyone still waiting to buy one, you may want to hold out to see if the prices dip at some point. But I think this blaster will become a $400 accessory at some point in the future, and many of us will be looking back on the days when we could still get one for $250. Number 2. R2-D2's pop-up lightsaber. For the droids line, Kenner reused the R2-D2 with pop-up saber figure it introduced in the live-action Power of the Force offering. But this time, Kenner removed the chrome from the dome, and put a new and more simplified sticker on the droid's body to reflect the design of the animated character. And the final change was the lightsaber. Like the Power of the Force example, the droid saber was small enough to fit into R2-D2's body, was smaller in stature and thicker than a typical lightsaber, and came with or without an ejector pin mark or EPM. The EPM is the circular mark on the accessory left by a long pin that pushes the final molded product out of the mold. But where it differed from the saber that came with the Power of the Force R2 and even the Brazilian Glasslead figure was in the color. If the glass lead saber was a light green and the Power of the Force one was a medium green, the droid's accessory was a darker, almost matte green. It can be hard to tell the difference unless you have at least one other one with which to compare. Due to its perceived rarity in comparison with the Power of the Force R2, the droid's versions of the figure and weapon have been the most expensive of the two for years. I would assume the price range for the droid's lightsaber would be comparable to the Power of the Force one, and would be in the range of $300 to $350. However, as it has been historically harder to find on the secondary market, 
It may already be in the $350 to $400 range for this darker green droids accessory. Number 1. The most expensive accessory in the Power of the Force list was R2-D2's pop-up saber. With the droids version landing at number 2 in today's list, it means we have a new number 1, and one that is only found in the droids line. Currently, the most expensive accessory on our list of droids and Ewoks accessories is not a weapon, not a staff, not a spear, not even a lightsaber or a blaster. It is a cloak, and it belongs to one of the kingpins of organized crime who helped Senator Palpatine rise to power, the vile gangster and father of Tig Fromm, Size Fromm. Size Fromm was a green-skinned, portly creature from the planet Anu. The figure did not come with any weapons, but was cloaked in a fuzzy purple robe that covered everything but Size's head, hands, and feet. Size Fromm is simply one of the hardest figures to find in the Kenner line, period. And many of these surviving examples are sadly missing their purple cloaks. In fact, the cloak is so rare that I was unable to find one for sale from the past six months. While carded examples of the figure regularly sell for more than $1,000, the current value of a complete Size Fromm appears to be in the $800 to $900 range, and possibly higher. If the figure without a cloak sells for around $400, the cloak would likely command a price in the range of $400 to $500. And although $500 sounds like an absurd price for a purple piece of fabric, the chances of finding another one for a cheaper price anytime soon would be extremely slim. I remember being at a toy show a few years ago and seeing a complete size from for sale for $250. I passed on it and witnessed many other collectors walk away from it after hearing the dealer's price. Now that size from wouldn't last 10 minutes at a toy show, regardless of the cost. I also remember selling my loose size from, graded at an incredible AFA 90, at room sales two years ago. The value of it now is probably double what I sold it for, and I sold it for what I thought was a premium price then. If only we knew the droids and Ewoks market would be this fervent and this exciting. And that wraps up our look at the 16 unique droids and Ewoks accessories, ranked according to their current values and realized prices. While the Power of the Force figures and accessories have received a massive amount of attention lately, the ones from the droids and Ewoks lines are quietly increasing in value as well, with surprising results. Before we close out this episode, I have an interesting question I'd like to answer for you. If you owned all 12 droids figures and all 6 Ewoks figures, but had none of their accessories, how much would it cost in today's collector's market to complete them? As I mentioned earlier, there are 16 unique accessories. 
11 items for the droids figures, and 5 for the Ewoks characters. Add one more solid black Imperial Blaster to the list, since Thal Jobin and Keziban each came with one, and you get a total of 17 accessories across two toy lines. Three rifles, a silver staff, a Stormtrooper Blaster, two solid black Stormtrooper Blasters, a gray Bespin Blaster, a club, a satchel, a gray staff, two brown staffs, a spear, a black Endor Blaster, a dark green lightsaber, and a purple cloak. Due to the rarity of these items and the fact that the Star Wars market is the hottest it's ever been, I've included each accessory at the high point of its range. After all, it's hard to find anything at a value right now. So the question is, how much would it cost to complete all 18 Droids and Ewoks figures with their 17 accessories? Care to take a guess? The total price for all 17 items would be in the $2,400 range, and more than $2,500 if the value of the Taiwan Fett Blaster holds for a while. Thank you for joining me in an exploration of the current values of the accessories from Kenner's Droids and Ewoks toys. My aim behind this episode was to shed some light on the surprising and sometimes shocking values of the items that came with the figures from these often overlooked lines. Collectors have certainly taken note of them during the pandemic, and many have added them to their loose figure runs. As a result, they have become very desirable. And as you can see from this episode's list, they've become pretty expensive as well. Will these accessories retain their values? It's always hard to say. We've been collecting from our homes for the past year or so now, and as the world begins to open again and people shift their focus to things like vacations and in-person experiences, interest in these collectibles may wane a bit. However, Kenner Star Wars figures have always been popular, and the prices of accessories have always been relatively expensive. To me, this has been a time in which the desire and demand push these prices to a new level that may very well be the new standard for Star Wars collectibles. For collectors, time at home during the quarantine may have reignited a previous interest in vintage Star Wars memorabilia and it may have been the catalyst to usher in a new era of collectors as well. There are certainly more people buying and selling Star Wars figures and accessories now than in the past years, and it will be interesting to see where the hobby we love will go from here. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Prototypes and Production. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow or subscribe. It's free to do so. And please leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. I cannot tell you how much reviews help to get the word out about the podcast, especially on algorithm-based listening experience platforms like Apple Podcasts. Taking two minutes of your time to help me with this would mean the absolute world to me. 
I hope to continue this series throughout the year with a look at the vintage Star Wars collectible market. And I hope to have some wonderful and knowledgeable friends join me along the way. If you can, find a way to make someone's day special today. Sometimes a call or a quick note is all it takes. Remember, you are loved and are special, and you have the ability to make someone else's life a little brighter. See you at the next toy show.